0: blog talk radio good afternoon everybody uh six o'clock a little bit of an early show stuff and Sean sports radio Steph Kamen, and Sean Palmer uh Jake Cameron's running around in his little car uh not a bad day out how you doing how you doing Sean
1: it's a beautiful day out in New York I'm doing well a little bit of sad news right before the show started uh Beloved Syracuse coach Dick McPherson passed away today at age 86. Um, I was going to wait till the last five minutes, but you know what? It's heavy on the mind right now. Dick McPherson came from the NFL, basically resurrected the Syracuse football program when there was a football program. And later, see, Jake's already crying over this. I understand. And, then he passed, Then he went back to the New England Patriots, the only job that he would take. And Paul Pasquale and he took over, and Donovan and so on and so forth. So, Coach Mack, thank you very much for all you did. And the Syracuse faithful, uh, we salute you. Uh, Seth, I'm not sure if any of the coaches that you recall, Lefty Drizelle passed away or is he still alive?
0: He's still going strong. Okay, so so you haven't had
1: that so you haven't had that coach that has passed away yet. It it's it's a very no. interesting feeling. Um like Al Arbor for me with the Islanders, no Met manager has passed away, no jet coach that I can really recall has passed away yet. But Arbor and McPherson really are are the two guys that that. I guess Davy Johnson would be uh, and the Mets have really symbolized what those sports are to me personally. So it, it, it's a sad day for the, for the orange table, but you know what? 25 years ago today, the dream team took home a gold medal and that's 25 years. We're old, like really old yeah, Twenty five no years ago, 25 years ago, oh,
0: before I mean,
2: we... before...
0: Before we get to the dream team, we have a caller. Yeah. So, oh, actually, uh, hey, you're on
2: with us, Sean. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. First time caller here, but I heard about your show, and you guys think you're old. I feel old too because I remember when that happened as well. I was only really in my early twenties then when the uh, dream team won their first gold medal. Uh. Tw-
1: Twenty-five years ago. What can we do? What can we do you for this
2: evening? Well, I also found out that another. A hockey Legend, um, who is still out, by the way, is just been diagnosed with colon cancer. Uh, you've heard of Eddie Olchek, yeah, Eddie Olchek from the Chicago Blackhawks? Yeah, Eddie Olczyk from the Chicago Blackhawks, yeah. Yeah, it, it
1: was You know, it's it's been a really rough week. You got yeah, Eddie Olczyk yeah. with the Chicago Blackhawks, you have Dom Baylor, passing, Baylor. Away. Have da- Baylor. Dar- 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 passing, away. Yeah, Darren Dalton passing away from the nineteen ninety three Phillies. It's it's been, you know, for a summer month in which Seth says nothing goes on in sports besides baseball. It's been a pretty hectic week. On the sad note, rather than the positive note, and 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 here we are. Yeah, you're you're obviously a hockey fan here. So 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 tell us a little bit. Okay, so so what are you looking forward to in the summer months? I mean. Are you a baseball fan, or or is, is I, NFL I'm, training camps hitting you at this point? Where's your interest line?
2: NFL hits me Fourth of July. After Fourth of July, then I start concentrating on football because then you can then you start to sense it. Then you start to sense okay. it, you know three weeks to training camp and stuff. I'm not knocking baseball. I mean you know, I'm a Yankee fan. I've been a Yankee fan since '74, so when I was a toddler then. But baseball doesn't simply, you know have it like it used to. I mean, you know, well, football's, not taking, you get, football's not taking yeah, over. Yeah, well,
1: you get to see every game on TV. So baseball uh, – and, you know, it's funny. When, Seth, we talk about how sports have uh, increased their their, their footprint on the, on the public and how baseball has actually gone down in, in, in fandom, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you can see every game on TV. You can subscribe to the MLB package. There is no anticipation for the World Series. There is no anticipation for the All-Star game like there used to be a long time ago.
2: Yeah, back in, I back think in it, our I think
0: day. Yeah, I think it's valid. You know, it's the same discussion we've had about college basketball and even pro football to a degree, where as much as we love pro football, how excited is everybody to watch that Ravens-Jaguars Thursday night game? You, know, you watch the Thursday, you watch the, you watch Saturday, you watch Sunday, you watch by Monday night. Man, they're ready for a little bit of a break from it. College basketball you used to have the game of the week on ABC or CBS. Now you CBS. have it six days a week, and yeah. you know, it, and you can watch five, six thousand games over a year. And that's the sad part is that's not an embellishment. What's happened with the no. with the advent of, rugby, of sports, you know, of sports going twenty four seven. Is this is the negative of it? Yes, you can see everything, but a lot of the a lot of the appeal, I think, dissipates with it. Agreed. So,
1: so, caller. First of all, what's your name? And second of all, what are you oh, looking sorry. forward to? What are you looking forward to most in the NFL season coming up? Uh, uh,
2: first of all, this is Lou from across the river in Jersey. I heard you mention you're from excellent. New York.
1: Yeah, Good. excellent. Excellent. Yeah.
2: I'm, so, what, the, what are you looking forward the, to the, most? I'm hoping to see that what the Dallas Cowboys can do now that you know who was gone. So not a Romo fan
1: at all. It sounds Romo
2: like. was like Romo was the Achilles heel. He was the Achilles heel of the team. Always getting injured and fails to come through in the clutch. And like it was just it was just embarrassing. Well,
1: you know, and and, and we thank you for the call, Seth. We got to move on. So we thank Lou. Thanks so much for the call. <laughs> I am not really sure that I'm not really sure that Tony did you be I'm not Well, Seth, I was gonna say I'm not really sure Tony Romo was the Achilles heel. I mean the fact that there was no backup may have been the Achilles heel. But Tony Romo, the Achilles heel of, of the Cowboys all those years? I'm not really sure i buy that. What do you think coming from you're an no. State, no, I just you watch it a whole lot more than I do? I can't see him being the Achilles heel.
0: No, nah, I disagree. I mean, the Achilles heel is you had a defense that was you, you, with a bunch of different things. He was, you know, Achilles heel. You, I look at the. Uh, I think the Jets would have killed for that for that uh, Achilles heel over the last twelve years. <laughs> Too true, my friend. Too true. That
1: that's that, that is an accurate statement. But but at the same time, I think the as we said before. The Achilles' heel for the Cowboys, and look, we're going we're gonna to digress off of the NFL because we have a whole lot to talk about today, and very little is on the NFL. But the fact is, I think the Achilles' heel for the Cowboys has always been the fact that they have not had younger players play a vital role in that team. And because when, you, when you're in today's NFL and you have cap management issues, most of the time you have cap management issues because you try to build a team through free agency or older players that are earning a lot of money. And then you have to cut those older players so you have dead room on the cap. And now with Dak Prescott earning $565,000 a year, Ezekiel Elliott earning $2.3 million a year, they're about to maybe a little bit less, a little bit more for either of those players. You have substantial players and, and the defense, especially the linebackers other than Sean Lee, you have substantial players earning minimum or little salary that supplement those high-end players that are earning major salaries. And that's the way you win in the NFL. It's always it, – since the cap has come into play, that is the only way you can win in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and you, you look at this team, as you said, there are questions on defense. The offensive line is the best in football. And, you know – Assuming where there's going to be some kind of – Zeke will get some kind of suspension most likely, although it's been a year they've been, they've been going through this. And Stephen Jones actually made a comment, which I thought was relatively tame, saying after a year, kind of believe for get off the pot. Um, yep. You know, he'll be suspended for a week or two, not a big deal. Um, you know, it's a good division. The Giants are better. The Eagles are better. The Redskins are the Redskins. The Redskins. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're the Redskins. Um, you know, they're the only team that's wishing James Dolan was their owner. Let's put it that way. Um, so I mean, or would see James Dolan as an improvement. So, I mean, to me, they're a very, I think they're, look, they're a young, they're a young solid team. I, I am not as big. I'm not, I don't see that being a major issue. Um, you know, Tony, you know, Tony Romo was always there. I always thought was a very good quarterback. I never really saw him as the weak link. There were so many other ones, (laughs) you know, I'd go from there. We haven't Chet Hutchins. Yeah.
1: Yeah, look, Seth, the, the, the weakness here is if Prescott gets hurt again. I mean, it's always been the weakness of a team that, look, I understand the caller's point that Romo always got hurt. I got that. And I'm totally on board with that. But the fact that a player gets hurt, He's had a broken collarbone. This isn't like he had a bruised finger. He he had legitimate injuries. The fact that somebody gets hurt is not a knock on him, but rather a knock on the management for not having a backup that is substantial enough to come in and play. And you look at the team now with Kellen Clemens as their backup, not Kellen Clemens, I'm sorry, Kellen Moore as their backup, Look, if Dak Prescott goes down, are we going to say that Dak Prescott was the Achilles heel of the Dallas Cowboys? I, I I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not buying it. But, but let's move on to something else, Seth. You said you had a, a, a rundown for today, which I'm very impressed to hear.
0: Oh no, I didn't say we had a. I didn't say I had a rundown. No, you what said you we had you think other things to talk about. Well, uh-huh. we have no other hey, things hey, to talk hey, about. Hey, I think, okay. Well, I think we'll talk to about the Josh Rosen comment a little bit later, but let's talk about the Dream Team in the 25 years. Okay. Uh, I, I, and I didn't see this because it was just a busy day, in, in the busy day. But apparently, Robin Lumber, who's a radio host in, in the New York area, does a lot of NBA, made the comment that he thought that the Warriors on, on Sports Illustrated made a comment the Warriors would beat, would beat would beat the Dream Team. Um, Wow. When I think of teams that could beat the dream team, as good as Golden State is, as much as I really am not a huge Patrick Ewing fan, I don't really see that David Robinson, uh, Patrick Ewing versus Zaza, Pachulia, um, and JaVale McGee matchup going very well for the team out west.
2: Let's
1: look Um, at that, Okay. so I think it it really does depend on the style of ball that is able to be played, and
0: I think they would I have a with you in 2017 than they would in 1992. In 1992 they wouldn't take a game, but right. in 2017 Agreed. without the hand – because I mean, can you imagine the defense that Jordan Pippen would put out would be putting on Curry? I mean, he wouldn't get right. a shot off.
1: Right, but the but the point is again as many people have stated, it's, it's not just Curry, right? So you put Jordan Pippen on him, and it leaves open Durant or Thompson, right? And I'm not saying they would win. Uh, in fact, I don't believe that they would. Because when it comes right down to it, what would happen, in my opinion, is it would be based on the second team. It's the reserves. So, okay, so yeah. let's say that the starting five and the starting five were even. Let's, in some imagination, say that they were even. And you know what? The way the Golden State plays, that might happen. I'm okay with that. So let's get down to the time that Stephen Curry and, and Kevin Durant had to sit. And remember, we're, uh, I assume he's not just talking about one game. He's talking about over a seven-game series or something along those lines. That would be, because that any, would be my guy. Anybody can take one game. Anybody can take one game. So yeah. let's say it's a seven-game series. And now you're in the, in in those ten minutes that Curry and Durant have to sit because they don't play all forty-eight; they probably play closer to, to thirty-eight or, or forty. So you're going to throw out Sean Livingston. I'm trying to think of who even is on the bench. Right. So let's say you have Sean Livingston, Iguodala. Who's their backup uh, the, center? The, the uh, McCaw. Oh, uh, McGee. Center, David West is. It? And I'm missing one guy. Let's say I'm missing one
0: Brandon, guy. Brandon so well well uh, I and Brandon, the guy from UNLV who played a big played a decent role this, down, down the stretch this year. Um regardless okay, so of who it is, they're not guys. really matching up with the backup five of the dream team of Right. Well let's see, Stockton, Malone. Stockton, Drexler, um, Malone, Chris Nolan, Drexler, and then either Ewan or, or Robinson. Yeah. Uh, I thought Barkley was starting, yeah. but yeah, you get my point.
1: Well, right. But So, yeah, I, I, look, I think they might be able to take a game. I think they might even make it two games. But winning four out of seven, it's, 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 I'm sorry, there's no way. There's no way that I can legitimately say that they would take four out of seven. Now, here's an interesting sidebar, and I'd like to pick your brain on it. Who, in the Dream Team, averaged the least amount of points per game over the Olympics? Leitner. No, absolutely not. Christian Leitner then averaged
0: say, four points.
1: Well, I can tell you the answer. If you want another shot, go ahead and take another shot.
0: Who else? I'll take another shot and say Larry Bird.
1: Nope.
0: Because so I, I know John he set out Stockton. a lot of
1: it. it was John okay. Stockton. He sat out the first four games because he broke his leg. Now, the irony was, if you recall that year, all of the Dream Team members had jerseys, right? Obviously, they had jerseys. But they were selling the jerseys, and they were flying like hotcakes. Like, the minute that the jersey came out, they were being sold. There were knockoffs to this jersey at every flea market. And my favorite player on that Dream Team, believe it or not, was John Stockton and I love the way Stockton played probably because I am short, I am Caucasian, and I don't know how to shoot. So passing was my game. <laughs> look, I'm the first person to admit that I am much more of a a, a point guard on a basketball court. I am, I am happily a point guard on a basketball court that plays good defense and that can pass the ball than ever me a shooting guard, a power forward, or a center because that lacks height. So I went looking for a John Stockton-type jersey. And it was almost impossible to find Stockton. I mean, I saw Drexler more than I saw Stockton. And that's saying a lot on Long Island. But I finally found a Stockton jersey and wore it proudly while everybody else had their, their Jordan or their Magic or their Bird. And then Stockton gets hurt and doesn't play the first four games. Of course not. So the answer to the question is John Stockton will average the least amount of points for the Dream Team. Barroom trivia.
0: Well, you you know who, of course, my favorite player on the team was, correct?
1: Well, your favorite player is the same favorite player that you have, period. Yep. Quadrex.
0: So probably – Yep. So – Obviously, I wasn't going – and that was a uniform I probably had for 15 years until it just kind of, well, peeled away, for lack of a better term. Um, but you look – it's funny. You look, you look at these teams, and, yeah, I, I, I think in 2017 they would have won a game or two without the hand with, you know, the, the three-point three shot being so prevalent. Um, if they played under 92 defensive rules, I don't think they'd take a game um, and look, it's not a reflection that's not really a reflection on Golden State. They're probably one of the three or four greatest regular season teams of all time, and probably will even be better this year. uh you know, but i, I, I with the depth that golden State, the, the depth of the dream team, the only thing that I can see would be a possibly a negative is remember that both bird and magic or her, magic was uh coming on hadn't played for a year because of the because of the diagnosis of the AIDS virus the HIV virus um bird was at the end of his career i mean this was kind of their final lap for lack of a better term but you know i i would have trouble seeing them in a 1992 now the better the better question would be is the dream team the greatest dream team of all time are they better than the 96 team led by shaq and hakeem uh are they better than 2000 are they better than 2012 probably from an overall from an all-time standpoint because every team, every player from that team, and this kind of brings up another question. Every player from that team in '92, except for Leitner, has been inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And Leitner is an interesting case.
1: I think Leitner does. Because remember,
0: I think he does too. And for people who are listening and kind of thinking, what the hell? Um, remember this is not the pro basketball hall of fame. This is just the basketball hall of fame. And Christian Lehner had probably one of the three greatest college careers of our lifetime. Went to four final fours, was national player of the year, won two national championships, hit the, hit the biggest shot in the greatest college game in the history, the greatest basketball game in the history of, the greatest college basketball game of all time. He also, he also hit a, uh, in his freshman year, hit a, hit a shot to beat UConn at the buzzer and put him into the final four. Um, you know, led them again led them over the unbeatable UNLV team in ninety one. So his college his college pedigree matches up for all intents and purposes with anyone probably outside of Walton and Jabbar. Um
1: Seth, so uh, I, let, let me let me interject here. Let me interject because I think your 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 point is made in one very important statement. In one important sentence, there was only one college player on the Dream Team, and that was Christian Leighton. That's enough, because in that year, you could have picked from Grant Hill, you could have picked from Shaquille O'Neal, you could have picked from a dozen or so players, and Shaquille as a freshman may have been the most dominating player I've ever seen on a basketball court that had no talent around him whatsoever. On a college
0: basketball. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. As a freshman, well, no, he sophomore. had. I'm
1: sorry, it's a sophomore. Stanley, I'm sorry, it's a sophomore. He
0: a, well, he left his. I think he left as a junior, but he had Stanley Roberts, who was a first-round pick. He had yep. his freshman year, I believe, he had Mahmoud up, uh, Chris Jackson. Now, right, that's Mahmoud why. I, Raouf, that's that's a why I adjusted. Pick.
1: to sophomore year. That's why I adjusted to sophomore year. I forgot. How would that team ever a Final so. Four?
0: Is ama- how that team never made a Final Four Is, is amazing to me um,
1: So the point but is when you think of if, the- if, if Leitner's on that team There's a reason he's on that team And it's not just because He was a good player He was a great college player He should, he should be in the whole thing like, I have no doubt And I'm not a Christian Leitner fan I didn't like the way he played Maryland guy, I'm a Syracuse guy We never rooted for Duke I mean, never happened. So for me to say that a Duke oh, player is the best college player I've ever seen, that's saying something, I, and I and I believe it, 100%.
0: Yeah, I do too. And although, and I thought you knew this, I grew up a Duke fan. So I had because I had a couple cousins who went there. So it made so I followed right. them just as kind of they started to get good in in '86 and '87 with Danny Ferry and some of these other and some of these other Mark Allery and Johnny Dawkins and some of these other guys. But yeah, by the time I went to Maryland, that, you know, my uh, <laughs> the uh feelings had kind of subsided a little bit. And, you know, the more I follow the less i liked like guys like William Avery and Steve Wojciechowski and, and, the, and the list goes on and on and on. But, you know, the two best bas- college basketball players that I can remember. And again, I think of it more over a three or a four year span than just the one year, or Leitner and Danny Manning, who led who led his who led the eighty eight um, eighty six eighty eight. I'm I'm kind of blanking on it, but I, uh, the eighty six I think uh, is eighty no, eight. the eighty eight, right. uh, Danny right. and the Miracles, um, yeah, eighty six was Louisville. Eighty eight, uh, Danny and the Miracle team would had, had really no talent except for Kevin Pritchard, who's now the uh, GM of the Pacers, uh, to a title over a really really good Oklahoma team. Um, those are the two, when I think of the two really greatest players I've ever seen, those are the two that come to mind.
1: So, I mean, I, I'm fully on board with him in the Hall of Fame, and I'm I'm actually surprised that he's not there yet. But I think it'll it'll take some something from the right person. Uh, I'd like to put, by the way, I'd like to also put Larry Johnson in there as far as the best college player I've ever seen, because Johnson was unstoppable on that on that team. If he had beaten Duke in that game, I think he would have been held the same way that in, in similar to the way Leighton is today.
0: Yeah, but he only played two, he only played two years because he was a, um, because he was a junior college transfer.
1: Oh, that's right. So yep. I'm
0: not sure. I'm not sure if it would, it would have come out the same way. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. So jumping around a little bit, um, did you read the comment by Josh Rosen today? Joe, Josh Rosen, the yes or no? No,
1: I did not. I do not know what okay. you are referring to.
0: Josh Rosen, who I believe was your uh, what do you call was your Heisman was one of your Heisman uh, people last year, or um, right, you had him in the final five or something like that, made a comment saying, which is interesting, saying college, saying football and academics simply don't go together. Um, And, you know, his comment was, I'm just reading the quote from USA Today, human beings don't belong in school with our schedules. No one in their right mind should have a football player schedule and go to school. It's not that some players shouldn't be in school. It's just that universities should help them more instead of just finding ways to keep them eligible. And what he's saying, which is, I wonder if this would be more valid, it it would be seen more valid if it wasn't from someone who's currently in college this is a, this is an argue, This is a discussion that we've seen many times before. That you know, it is with the amount of amount of practice and the amount of travel and all everything that goes in with being a being a real college athlete. You know, it does it does the amateur. You know, the the, the school aspect of it often gets left behind.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with that. I just think that's the. Look, when you when you sign up to be a college athlete, don't you inherently take on a role? You you know what you're signing up for. I don't think there's any dispute as to what you're signing up for, just the same way as if you look, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a horrendous comparison here and I know it, saying it in advance. When you sign up to go to be in the army, you know what you're signing up for. When you sign up to be a CPA. Seth, you know what you're signing up for. These are all things that you know what you're signing up for. Now, you could make the case that the the kids, and they are kids, are 18 years old and cannot be held to the stature of knowing what they're signing up for. I can go with that. I can actually get on board with that, especially being an attorney. You may not understand what you're signing up for, but yeah, I, I I don't have I don't really have too much sympathy for these guys. Do you?
0: Not particularly. I mean, I I think I think the point is reasonable, but again, most of them are, you know, you do you, know, you know what this is. And yeah. I do find it extraordinarily imp- it's why it's more impressive when someone is going you know, someone is trying to, like, he's an economics major. Someone, you know, someone's getting their, what was it, uh, role. I forget which role, some, I forget which, because there's, like, four of them. Was it Myron Roll from Florida State? Yeah, it was Myron Roll you know, who was doing made the, got yeah, you made the,
1: on- and, yep. You
0: know, who, the those people are so beyond impressive that, you know, the, there's really no other way to describe it. But those are the one, you know, guys like my own role are one in a million. The guy, the the offensive lineman from the Ravens who just retired, uh, I think partially because of the CTE, who's getting his PhD in mathematics. Like these are not your typical professional athletes. They're just not. And, you know, to ask people to live up, you know, those are the exceptions to the rule more than anything else. But, you know, it's why you really do have to tip your cap to that because, heck, I barely had the discipline to wake up for 10, to Wake up for a ten o'clock class. Okay, who am I kidding? I'll I never you. had the discipline to wake up for a ten o'clock class.
1: I'll tell you Seth. When so, obvi- Obviously, I was on the field. For those that do not know, I was in the marching band when I was in college. I did not play very well, but I did march okay. And every year, I was there. I did it for four, four five years. Did it for five years. I was on the law school plan, and. Every year, for the first four years, I went to school with a guy named Mark Banowitz. And Mark Banowitz every year, was an all-Big East, all-academic selection. And they would announce his name every single year. And Seth, he had a 3.98 GPA. 3.98. Now, 3.98 is just, it's incredible to begin with. 3.98. 3.98. He was an offensive lineman,
2: which most
1: of these academic All-Americans actually are, because offensive linemen actually need to know the most what. But I'll tell you, Seth, he was a 3.98. He was also an All-Big East player, not just an academic All-American. So he was good. His major, you want to take a guess at what this guy's major was?
0: Electrical engineering.
1: How about aerospace engineering?
0: Uh, Because electrical wasn't tough enough.
1: Right, basically. So you're kind of going, I'm here. I don't have all this work that I need to do on top of going to practice every day. Look, marching band was four days a week, but it's certainly not lifting and and going to games and whatnot. And this guy's pulling a 3.98, a 3.98, like just saying that makes me cringe because I know that there
0: was no way I could ever do it. And he's in no, a like tougher a combination major. Of two of my, it's like a combination of two of my semesters.
1: Right. And he's in a tougher major than you and I combined. So it can be done. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's for everybody. But not everybody uses college for the same reason. And some people use college sports just to get out, to do what they want to do. So I don't really have, again, I have no sympathy for it, none. Um, if you want to say I didn't sign up to this, great. Then, then ditch, it.
0: Then, ditch don't, it. then don't sign up for it.
1: No, I'm saying if you find right. out your freshman year that this is not what I signed up for. I didn't sign up to do all this. This is not where I wanted to be in life. I don't want to put in all this work fine. Don't. You can quit. It's okay. You'll probably still re- retain your scholarship. You can quit. But that's not what they're looking for. They're, these athletes are looking for the opposite. I want to just play the sport. Well, if you just want to play the sport, then you're not a student athlete. It's just that simple. You, you can't have your cake and eat it, and, I have a, and And by that statement... It really does, to me, say he wants to be a professional and not a student. He just wants a different way to get there. Okay. Not for me.
0: Well, jumping jumping to the NFL a little bit. Well, we yeah, our first major injury of the year, one of your uh, divisional rivals. The Dolphins lose Ryan Tannehill for the season. Uh, Jay Cutler comes in. Part mostly because he had played very effectively with Adam Gase previously, so you know now it seems that Spike Lee. Now there are there are fits for Colin Kaepernick. This one seems pretty obvious. That that Cutler would have been the top choice, considering how well he played for Gase in Chicago before he took over the job in Miami. Spike Lee is apparently organizing. I heard this on Mike and Mike this morning is organizing a, a Colin Kaepernick rally outside of the NFL uh, offices on August 23rd. Now, neither you nor I believe that Colin Kaepernick can, should, not, should not have a job in the... from a talent perspective, shouldn't have a job in the NFL. Do you Correct. believe he's being blackballed? Yes.
1: Yes, but you know what? That's Okay. Look, if Colin Kaepernick could be a starting quarterback in this league, which I don't believe he can, for the money that he wants, which he hasn't articulated what that is, he hasn't articulated he even wants to play. He hasn't come out and said, I want to play. He hasn't no, he has. everything. I believe no, he has, he has mm, So let's say he has, okay? If you are an NFL team and you have the option of having a starting quarterback and then have Colin Kaepernick as your backup. You are not going to take the drama of having this as your backup. You take the drama if he's your starter, perhaps. But there is no way that any NFL franchise is going to take this drama as for a backup quarterback. It's just... it's a risk-reward scenario. It's just not going to happen. I absolutely think he's being blackballed. I think he's better than probably 50% of the backups out there. I just don't think anybody wants to, wants to give it any... I mean, it's like any other job. If you're my star player, you have different, you have different rules. But if you're just a salesperson, let's say you're the top salesperson in the company. And you do something incredibly stupid. And then you have the the 31st salesperson in the company. And he does something very stupid. I got to think it's more likely that the first person keeps his job than the 31st person keeps his job.
2: All stars have different roles.
0: Well, Now, I guess the better question is, is he being – do you believe there's a collusion going on? or is it just, No. Or is it just that he's just no. more aggravation than it's worse?
1: I don't believe that. Though. So let's define what collusion means. Collusion means one of two things. Either the NFL has gone out and told every team, you are not to sign this guy. That's one way that there could be collusion. So what collusion means is, is an agreement between every party to do something. So back in the 1985 to 87 off-season in Major League Baseball, all, it was proven that all the owners had talked to each other and said, do not sign free agents over a certain amount. That way the salary structure in Major League Baseball will stay the same and it will not increase. So that way we don't have to spend more money. Well, they got accused of collusion by the MLBPA. And guess what? They got fined almost $250 million for this collusion. The second, so you have one of two ways. You could have the Roger Goodell and the NFL office could be telling all the clubs do not sign this guy, or you could have every club talking to each other and making the same agreement. Do I think that's happening? No. I just think he's more trouble than it's worth. Jake's having a rough time today, my friend. Yeah, this is, this is this
0: is not, this, this one's not this has not been one of our easier uh, shows. Um. You know, although, I, see, I agree up to a point. I think there are places where, like in Seattle, I, I was actually genuinely surprised of all teams that Seattle, who kind of uh, kind of addresses this, this thought process of this kind of, you know, Pete Carroll is all about this free, you know, kind of the free, the free thought process. Now, I'm not sure if John Schneider turned it down. I'm not sure if Paul Allen turned it down. Oh, but I thought he would have been a great fit, and the offense would have fit nicely as a backup to Russell Wilson. With yeah, if he was willing out, to Board... take it,
1: if he was willing to take a backup, that is
0: true. Job. Look, if the issue is he was not, he's not willing to take a backup job, then right now he has very little argument, um, or he, he just does. You know, it, this, is a year, this, is a league, this is a quarterback league at this point, and there are only four or five teams every year that need quarterbacks from a starting capacity. And based on his last two or three years, unless you're going to run that offense that he, where he was so effective, and you've seen, you know, and very few teams are doing that, then the starting, at this point, the starting, starting the job probably doesn't make sense. Now, are there a few places where he probably could have made a run? Yeah, maybe. But I really thought for one year to kind of rebuild his image a little bit in Seattle would have made a lot of sense. And, you know, we could have seen where he was in 2018 because eventually all these things subside. Um, this just isn't because he doesn't have a job. That's really what's keeping this, that's what's keeping this going. Um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Over the next couple months, but most people are not picking up quarterbacks on August 8th. So, so, uh, let's, let's, let's go
1: down the scenario. Let's see Baltimore, who had a problem with Joe Flacco, called up Colin Kaepernick and signed Colin Kaepernick. Okay? And let's play this out. And Flacco starts the whole year, he has an awful year. Let's say he has an awful year, and Kaepernick still sits on the side. You don't think there's going to be the same issue that if this was anybody else, Joe Flacco would have been benched because Colin Kaepernick is a better quarterback? I just think that there are too many feasibility concepts going on here where it's just too much of a nuisance.
0: Well, the other brings up the other question. Of course, do I think Colin Kaepernick's a better quarterback than Joe Flacco?
1: Well, we know you do. So that—that's neither here or there. <laughs> we, we, we know you do. And I was—and I, was, I was only hoping for actually Kaepernick to sign with the Ravens, so we could have this discussion over and over and over <laughs> again. In which, but I will tell you—you know—we we we mentioned Jay Cutler. Moving to Miami, and I think we need to talk about that a little bit more. We had an offhand conversation, off the air conversation, where I said I think Cutler's going to do very well in Miami. Now I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Dolphins are going to win any games. I, I'm not sure they're going to. I'm not sure they were going to win many more games than they did last year. Anyway, I thought that they were being overrated in the fact that they came back from so many games late in the game that they weren't going to be able to put up those numbers again anyway. But I think statistically, and again, we're only talking about stats here. Jay Culler's a good solution to that problem, and Seth, I told you, I want him on our fantasy league this year. I do. I really, really do. I think Now we might have to back him up with Jimmy Clausen just to make sure. No. We will.
0: <laughs> oh, that's just painful. Painful memories of the greatest fantasy team never to win a championship. Um, For those of you who are not familiar, a slightly bitter... uh, we've We've won two championships in a row with our current team. We would have won a third, which was our best one. And it was the year that Jay Cutler got benched in Week 16, and our other two quarterbacks were injured. So we had to pick up Jimmy Clausen, and we lost by three points because Mark Sanchez threw four touchdown passes for the Eagles. It was not, and it was and not. Jimmy Clausen
1: put up. Jimmy Clawson put up a wonderful stat line of minus one.
0: And people wonder why, why but, fantasy football makes makes, makes men drink. Um, which brings up another point question. Yeah. As the defending champion in my other league, I've been asked to name the league. I don't have any uh, interesting ideas. You What you won you won the Jay Rose League? Of course, yeah, I won the Jay Rose League. This is a league I've been that. in for fifteen years and you didn't this is this is where Travis Kelsey made me made me a very happy man last year. I was down eighty to the only time I've ever seen someone down seventy seven points after the first week after the week the uh, the one o'clock games and then my opponent in the finals emails me, he goes, You're gonna come back and win. Like, dude, I'm down seventy-seven to four. He goes, "Yeah, you're gonna come back and win." And between Travis Kelsey and uh, Des Bryant, finally gave me a good game. We actually, I ended up winning by forty. So, yeah, I, I thought you knew that. I won two champion. I won two of my three leagues last year.
1: It took me fifteen years to win a championship, and all I got was a dumb
0: T-shirt. <laughs> we still haven't gotten paid from it, so we know that much. <laughs>
1: No, I'm saying that's the name of your team. Or, that's it took probably. me 15 years to win a championship,
0: and I still haven't gotten paid. <laughs> well, that would only be the or, that would that be if we got to it, that would be if we got to name the Bate Isles. Wait, yeah. I got
1: a better one. I got a better one. Add up how much you paid in fees over the course of the years, and just put 1,025 dollars gets me one championship. Something along those lines I mean uh, Thank you Thank you You know these are just off the cuff We'll we'll figure out something a little bit later Remember to those that are looking For programming notes at home uh, So the week of The last week The week before the NFL season That Tuesday uh, The NFL season starts on Thursday So that Tuesday we'll be having our NFL preview the week before uh, in I will be in Hong Kong, we will be having our fantasy football preview at some time that I am unaware of yet. We'll figure that out. It will probably be closer to 8 p.m. Eastern time, which is 8 a.m. in Hong Kong. The week before that, uh, Seth will be having a which guest is next host week, of which we will find. No, not next week. The week after next week.
0: No, next week. Not 16th. next week, my
1: friend. Yes, I know. On oh, the twenty third. Yes,
0: because oh, next week okay. I will
1: be here. So the twenty third, Seth, will be finding some guy or gal. Look, if Carly's good enough, why not? That will be <laughs> able to decipher with better odds the Heisman Trophy winner than I will, because I have picked amazingly
0: poorly in the Heisman in the last couple of years. And Brett Hundley. You seem to have and, a. Uh, mad, you seem to have a mad. You seem to have a mad love for UCLA quarterbacks. Brad Humley, I Josh Rosen. Well, I, Is this because look, you really wanted to go to UCLA? You wanted to be a Bruin? I still Bruin? want
1: to go to UCLA. Dude, I still want to go to UCLA. <laughs> it's not that I wanted to. I still do. Anyway, um, so the college football preview will be taking place uh, the 23rd when I am not here. And somebody else can pick up awful... Heisman Trophy candidates because that's generally what I do. So uh, we can go into that. It is so, how you
0: roll for the most part.
1: It is when it comes to college football. I will, uh, the next week when I come back, I will tell you my my playoff preview and my Heisman Trophy preview.
0: Um, but you might as well just disregard all, and go on from there.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll, so,
0: I'll be waiting in anticipation for this.
1: Baited, baited breath, I understand.
0: So, we touched upon this earlier in the show. Garrett Dalton
1: and Don Baylor pass away on the same day. What a gut shot. I mean, seriously, what a gut. Dalton was one of my favorite players. Look, I'm a Mets fan, and it's very hard for me to say that I rooted for anybody other than the Mets. But in 1993, I did root very hard for the Phillies because my favorite player you know who my favorite player was growing up?
0: Is it Lenny Dykstra?
1: It was Lenny Dykstra. I had a number four Phillies jersey, a real one, like one that I used all my umpiring money on to buy a number four. It cost me $205. That's a lot of umpiring, my friend, a lot of umpiring. And I followed that team. And when they lost on the Joe Carter home run, which I know exactly where I was at the time, I was devastated. And Dalton was the key to that team. Batted to batted cleanup, caught every game. It was, I mean, Darren Dalton was only 56 when he passed away. And Baylor, I believe, was 67. I'd I hate to say it again, but we're getting old. I mean, these are guys that... Not only did we root for his kids, but they're i mean dolan's only
0: fifteen years older than you and me, my friend yeah you you start to feel your age a little bit start to when guys who you remember rooting for are watching you know i i kind of i kind of it kind of reminds me of how my dad's reaction. Uh, when Mickey Mantle died. Now, he was a little bit older than we were, because I think Mantle died in the early 90s, I believe. Um, and so my dad was in his late 40s. But, and he was obviously the idol of that time, and neither Darren Dalton nor Don Baylor were that to me. But it's very strange seeing people you grew up watching and not people that you vaguely remember. But I remember Darren Dalton well. I remember Don Baylor with his weird, very uptight, up... Up like very straightforward stance, you know. You know, he, he managed the Rockies. He managed, you know, another team. But he was a very good power hitter, and you know, it, it's very weird seeing people that you saw in their prime dying.
1: It's just strange.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, Dom Baylor actually won won an MVP in 1979.
0: Seventy nine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so, the interesting thing about Dom Baylor. Was before Craig Biggio, Dom Baylor, got hit the most out of any player in Major League <laughs> Baseball history. Uh, with that upright swing, that's what he did. But Dom Baylor was a great player. He was, no, let me let me rephrase. He was a great hitter. He was mostly a DH toward the I don't know,
0: almost his entire career. And yeah, yeah. But
1: I believe Baylor was traded for Reggie Jackson. I mean. Not only that, but really, you're right. That I
0: don't remember. Yeah. That I don't remember.
1: So I, so if if I'm correct, when Jackson went to the, went to the Orioles, so Jackson played one year with the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, I believe Dom Baylor was the guy that was traded for. Him. If look, really, this is just off the off the top of my head. I'll I'll check this out, but I believe he was the guy that was traded for him, and. If I pulled that, I get mad props. That's all i got to say. Really, just pulled that out of my butt. Okay, so well, let's you, you it. also get, ma-
0: you also get You also get mad props because this is funny to me, and I probably had three nope. or four best friends in my life, and two of them, their favorite player of all time was Lenny Dykstra. My best friend Hi, growing April's, up, who you
1: Hold on. April 2nd, no, no, 1976. No, Don Baylor was traded by the Baltimore Orioles with Paul Mitchell and Mike Torres to the Oakland Athletics for Bill Von Bummel, which may be one of the best names in sports I've seen in a while, <laughs> Ken Holtzman, and Mr. October Reggie Jackson. Thank you. Well done. Thank you very sir.
0: much. Thank, thank you very much. But
1: and I remember I'm sorry. Wow.
0: Please continue. Uh, This is good. I'm
1: just, I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. You know, it doesn't happen very often that I thoroughly impress myself when it comes to trades and sports and everything, but that was good. Anyway, go on.
0: (laughs) No, I remember the Dykstra, the Dykstra was traded for Juan Samuel because growing up, my best friend who you met at my wedding, uh, Andrew, Andrew Rubin, who's been out in Chicago for 20 some odd years. And It was one of those things where he's your best friend, and you have the pleasure of telling him that his favorite player got traded. And it really is kind of a perverse pleasure. Because I didn't care because I was a Yankee fan. The Yankees stunk. And I got to tell him that he was traded. I I forget the other player in the deal. I don't think it was Wally Backman, but it was another kind of hustle guy. Uh,
1: I can tell you exactly where I I was. I can tell you where I was. I can tell you what I was doing. And I can tell you who the players were. So Juan Samuel, who had stolen 72 bases two years before that, was on the Philadelphia Phillies. And yep. I believe this was 1987 when he, when Dykstra got traded, along with Roger McDowell for Juan yep, Samuel. that was the other
0: name. That's and what I thought.
1: I about. I was sit, so I'm in summer camp because this took place right be, either right before the deadline, the July 31st deadline, or after on August 2nd. I'm not exactly sure exactly the day, but I got a feeling it was probably before the deadline, so before July 31st. I am sitting at summer camp on the hill waiting for the announcements, and it comes over to one of my friends who tells that leader of the camp group that this trade was made. And everybody, it's not like I have a, a, a... It's not like I'm quiet in any shape or form. So somebody said that at an announcement, and I just started crying. I just started to go in tears because here is my favorite player going to a team in my own division that I don't want. So when it came time, it's ironic because when it came time for me to buy a jersey, now we're in 1992 – my two favorite players were ex-Mets. Greg Jeffrey, And on a division traded. team. Oh, really? Greg Jeff- I didn't know you were Greg. Got, He got traded to the Cardinals, and Lenny Dykstra was on the Phillies. And I said to my brother, Jay, I said, because, look, these jerseys are not cheap. And what happens is you buy a jersey, and then they get traded, or they get released, or something along those lines, right? Your favorite players. So, it totally got me where I said, whoever signs the biggest contract first, I'm going to get their jersey. So, whoever signs the longest contract with the biggest amount of money, that's who I'm going to get their jersey. Because if you signed a big contract in the 90s, it wasn't like contracts were traded. Players were traded back then. Money wasn't that big of a deal. So, here we are today, and... It's Lenny Dykstra. But Darren Dalton, Darren Dalton was the heart and soul of that team. I mean, he was. Yes, he was. You, you really can't. And then he goes on to the Marlins and wins himself a championship uh, over the Idiots in that year. So, good for him.
2: Did
0: you say uh, over the Idiots? Oh, it sounded like you said over the Idiots. I mean, <laughs> no, I Albert so. Bell was considered many things, but I don't think you called <laughs> it uh No, the Idiots. So, and, that, and now look, now look where your hero is gone. Somehow, I, don't, I, I think your adulation for Letty Dykstra has subsided a bit over the years. And we should probably talk briefly, speaking of one of your idols that has kind of fallen in hard times over the years, as good as Pete Rose was on Fox, uh-huh. I don't think we're going to be seeing him anytime in the near future. Is this finally the end of the baseball road for Pete Rose? Yeah, it is.
1: But for those that are unaware of where we're going with this, Pete Rose was sued. Well, Pete Rose sued Jim Dowd, the guy who uh, who did the report on him for Bart Giamatti, and Jim Dowd on a radio interview said some things that Pete Rose had solicited underage girls while he was playing for the Phillies. Phillies or the Reds. Oh, my God. I think it was.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, I have to get off the air. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: we're going to end this right here. I think something happened with Jake. So we'll see you next week, guys. Have a good night.
0: Okay, bye.